Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some great news coming in. This suspect, Francisco Oropesa, 38 years old, the illegal immigrant who was deported multiple times and was suspected of killing five of his neighbors earlier this week, just a few days ago with an AR-15 rifle when they were upset about him firing rounds next door, waking up their baby. Well, now he has been taken into custody. And this guy who was said to be in the country illegally, again, had been deported multiple times, was apparently hiding in a closet, whimpering like a little boy. And apparently they tracked him down in a town not too far away. This is great news as we are getting word tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show that this man accused of killing five of his neighbors in Texas has been apprehended after a massive manhunt. More than 250 law enforcement officials all over the state of Texas and all over the country and also dealing internationally as well were looking for this guy after he opened fire on his neighbors. And officials were able to track him down. He is said to be now at the Montgomery County Jail in Texas, charged with multiple counts of first-degree murder. And authorities are breathing a sigh of relief, as are citizens, because this was a massive manhunt said to be basically armed and dangerous said to clearly have a criminal record. They also say even in the United States, and they don't even know the background in his home country, but in the United States, they know uh, that there were multiple, apparently, reports of him beating up his uh, spouse, that apparently he had punched her in the face with a clenched fist, and there were multiple cases of that prior to this. They believe that there was probably a long criminal record in his home country. And now they are so happy, as is everybody in the United States, that this guy, this monster who opened fire on a family that was living next door because they complained about the noise that he was causing by firing rounds into the air. And he killed many members of a family, including a beautiful nine-year-old boy. And now he has been taken again to jail, and he will be held on a $5 million bond. Uh, The press conference is going to be going on shortly. And apparently he was caught in a closet hiding under laundry, trying to hide from authorities and evade from authorities. What are your thoughts about this whole case? 
so many people have been talking about it because it absolutely also epitomizes just how dangerous, how risky the situation is, how dangerous our open border is. Because when you have a border like this and you have individuals coming into this country, and we know that there are well over a million of individuals who have crossed our border just in the last year alone that are, quote, gotaways that we have no record of. We have no idea what their criminal history is. We have no idea of their background. We don't even have their name. They're not even in a database. And the ones that do come in basically are just given a slap on the wrist and said, hey, come on back, you know, whenever you can for a court case. And most of them never come back. And this case just epitomizes so much the risks of having a wide open border in the United States. Here was this guy who was living in the United States on and off for many years. One of the first deportation dates was in 2012. Uh, There was also another one in 2016. So the list goes on and on and on. He clearly didn't get a message, kept coming back, and also was even facing criminal charges in the United States. And none of this stopped this guy. Clearly, he was a ruthless killer for him to suddenly open fire on the family that was living next door. And including, as I mentioned, a nine-year-old boy shot execution style. Think about the soul or lack thereof of this human being. And I hope that they throw the book at him. And I hope that this is somehow a wake-up call to our wide-open border officials. And I'm talking about the Biden administration. And I am talking about, of course, the Homeland Security Secretary in the administration, Alejandro Mayorkas. There are so many dangers with a wide-open border And this case sadly epitomizes it. What are your thoughts tonight? Obviously, a sigh of relief that this guy, this monster, is finally caught and apprehended. And we need to change our system pronto. What are we doing that we have people like this who continuously come in and out of our system and continue to come back? It clearly shows that our border is overrun that our officials can't keep track of these people. We know, again, that he was deported, they say, at least four to five times just in the last few years. So how could we let that happen? How could we also have somebody who clearly has criminal behavior, not just in this country, but you can bet there's probably going to be a long rap sheet in his home country? And why do we not have a database keeping track of people like this and allowing them to continue unfettered in our country. I am so angry tonight because this really was an accident waiting to happen. This was clearly a violent guy. He had a violent history even in this country, and he was here illegally. So the guy gets arrested for beating up his wife, um, and apparently they say, oh, don't worry about it. Come back for the court date, even though you're here illegally at least four or five times. I mean, what more does it take? Hopefully this will be an enormous wake-up call. And sadly, I don't think it will to this administration. But this is deplorable. This monster opens fire, and apparently he was drunk on the night when he opened fire at the family. The family, apparently the father came over and said, hey, could you kind of keep it down? I have a very young baby, and my baby is trying to sleep. And what does this guy do? Apparently he's drunk, comes over with an AR-15, literally goes into the backyard and opens fire 
on this family. They were having a church retreat with other members. It was a packed location, and the guy just ceremoniously just sort of randomly went after different people in the backyard, shooting them all in the head, including this nine-year-old boy. I mean, what kind of a depraved, disgusting human being? And the great news tonight, if there is any silver lining in all of this, is that indeed this monster is behind bars. We're also getting word that apparently he was apprehended thanks to a tip. So thank you, whoever that was, who gave the tip to law enforcement, because clearly this guy apparently was armed. He was hiding in a closet under laundry and hiding out and trying to escape authorities, but wasn't too far away from the scene of his brutal, brutal crime. What are the lessons from this? And how angry are you when you hear this case? Because, boy, my heart breaks for this family and for this community uh, that is just shattered forever. How do you get over something like this where especially the guy that we've seen on TV uh, the last few nights who lost his wife, lost his son, and he said that I need to stay strong and pray that we catch this guy. Well, thank goodness he at least is getting some form of relief tonight, but it is a hollow form of relief after the extraordinary loss. And you wonder if this border wasn't wide open like it is. Uh, why would we we wouldn't be having these problems with a lot of these people? And I think, sadly, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many people that we know that are on the terrorist watch list that continuously cross into our, our country. And yet it continues over and over and over again. And we don't seem to be doing anything about it. I'm talking about this administration. By the way, we're hearing that the arrest came in 75 minutes after a tip was given to law enforcement. So that's the great news, that some tipster did come in and say, indeed, uh, we know where this person is, and you need to go find them. There was a big reward, of course, put out, too, as well, $80,000 reward for the capture location of this individual. And thank goodness this monster, again, is behind bars. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is George P. Bush. He was the land commissioner in Texas. Of course, he is the son of Jeb Bush. And George P. today talked about how this Biden administration is letting America down when it comes to our southern border. We had a president and a vice president that actually step up and maintain their constitutional duties, which is securing our border. Instead of these manicured press conferences in El Paso and other parts of our border, Mm. actually talk to officials. And they would tell you that Title 42 is the last remaining tool that they have to push folks back. In the meantime, Congress needs to step in and reform our asylum laws, because right now, as long as you're stepping foot on terra firma, you can abuse the immigration asylum process. Yeah, you can basically abuse the process. And this guy was the poster child for that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony. Line six. Tony, your reaction tonight. You know, Rita, I have been worried about this country since Joe Biden became president because his path is to break down our country, meaning we have a country that that his administration doesn't acknowledge. It doesn't acknowledge the 
the democracy of our country, the constitution of our country, our forefathers, their job, Rita, has been to destroy everything that our forefathers and our family members who fought for our country have built up. And this this incident just really tears my heart out because it's not that they're incompetent. I believe, like my orcas, they're all following some plan to break us down and to make it so that we never existed. This kills me, Rita. You know, it kills me, too. And just like you said, it is so obvious what is happening And it's so obvious what is dangerous that you have to think that they clearly do have some ulterior motive to bring these folks here, um, make them citizens. I think that that's ultimately their plan. Um, And yet they, in the meantime, they're just turning a blind eye. And I'm all for America being the melting pot. But you got to vet people. You got to check people. They got to come in the right way. They got to be screened. And there is there is no doubt in my mind, first off, this guy already has a criminal record in the United States. I'm talking about even prior to what happened here with this shooting. I mean, think about this. This guy has crossed the border illegally four times. I'm sure there are horrible crimes that he's committed in his home country. And then he also beats up his wife here. And that's not still enough to deport him. I mean, uh, what what does it take? And then sadly... Look what happened now. Um, and and this is just, to me, um, epitomizes not only a broken down system, but to your point, Tony, that they are turning a blind eye to bad actors like this coming into the country. And what's sad is this guy was in the database. I mean, he was in the database because they got him four times. So they knew right away that he shouldn't have been here. But yet they continued to still have him come in. Think about the ones that I mentioned, these, quote, gotaways. There are at least a million of them from last year. Those are the ones they have no clue about. Those are the ones who purposely, this guy didn't seem to care because he wasn't being stopped every time. He's like, hey, we're going to deport you. And then clearly he came right back in. Um, so he was, he was, you know, hiding in plain sight. Um, so what does that say about these guys who don't even like who really are trickier and evade authorities and aren't even on the record books makes you wonder what they're capable of. And that's the scary thing, Joni. Your thoughts. Right. So basically what's happening, Rita, is not only are more people coming in, but there's a second motive, too. And the ones who are coming in aren't building up our country. They're destroying what's already here. They're not coming in legally, they're coming in illegally, and they're hurting everything that America is because someone seems to think that we're not what we should be until everyone here gets slaughtered. Yeah, and you know what, and and that's the sad thing is, you know what is interesting, after this shooting happened, I couldn't believe it, guys, Corinne Jean-Pierre came out and started talking about gun control. She didn't bring one topic about the border. You know, she didn't like... You know, it's like, uh, like, what does it take? They still want to go back to their old political talking points of, oh, it's all about gun control and this guy having. No, it's also about an open border, buddy. And it's about screening people. And it's about making sure that you protect our homeland and make sure that people shouldn't be here illegally and unvetted, unchecked. And if they've been deported after they came back again, don't you think? Under this very lackluster system, one time should be enough. I mean, I mean, this is like this to me. There are so many breakdowns of this system 
And the fact that they are turning a blind eye to a lot of bad characters. And also, in addition to this, there are 85,000 children that are said to be missing that have crossed the border that, like, got into coyotes' hands, human smugglers, uh, drug dealers. You can imagine they're either working as laborers, uh, potentially sex trafficked, human trafficked. I mean, just horrible stories that this administration has completely lost track of. Shame on them. You know, they sit there and say, oh, we're the, we're, the, we're the ones of kids. We're the ones about families. We're the ones about this. Why don't they care about American families and also these kids and others who are crying across the border and then just saying, don't worry, you know, we're, they're not even drawing attention to the fact that there are so many kids missing and so many bad actors separately that are missing in this country. It is downright scary. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The monsters behind bars, this illegal immigrant arrested in Texas. This is the guy who opened fire on his neighbors. But what does it say about our wide open borders and the Biden justice system? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight, the man responsible for shooting five of his neighbors has been captured. He was evading authority for many days. This is the guy in Texas who got angry at his neighbor for complaining about the noise because he was firing his gun next door and their baby was trying to sleep. So he came over and opened fire on the family. He was drunk. He had an AR-15. And he opened fire, and it turns out he was illegal. He had been in the country on and off, deported multiple times, also had a criminal record in America, and no doubt, I'm sure, in his home country as well. Uh, But the good news is Francisco Orepesa, 38 years old, has finally been taken into custody. Apparently he was surrounded at a house, and he was found uh, caught in a closet hiding under laundry. So just in the last few minutes, he has been apprehended and Texas authorities saying, thank goodness, after a tip that they followed up on within 75 minutes, they were able to apprehend him without incident. So that's the good news. But boy, what kind of hell did he uh, unleash on his neighbor? And again, this is a perfect example of why you have to screen individuals You have to check who's coming across our country. Why would someone like this, who has a criminal record in America and probably a lot worse uh, prior to this in his home country, why was he allowed to keep coming back in? It is disgusting. It is shameful, and it epitomizes what's happening across our southern border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Two, two. Uh, let's go to let's go to William in New Jersey. Go ahead, William. Your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad this uh, piece of trash has been. Uh, at least they picked him up. But the point that I was making to your call screener was the perspective of they do have the death penalty and they enforce that in Texas. And if this gentleman 
is, you know, the person that was responsible for pulling that trigger, there's a real good chance that he's going to face the firing squad. And I hope he does. But just to pull something that atrocious, like he shocked the world. Like, you know, what gives you the nerve to do that to somebody? And it's like what Donald Trump had said, too, you know, that these, you know, people that are going to be coming across the borders are going to be, uh, they're bad. There's a lot of people that are mixed up in it. are bad people. They have like really heinous motives. And, you know, this is what, you know, that's being fertilized in our country. That's what's happening with an open border. And you know, you know, it's interesting, William, you did remind me of what you remember when Trump made those comments of like, oh, there's a lot of criminals coming across. So there's this and he got vilified. Uh, People were like, oh, that's a racist comment. And he said, I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying there will be ones that will be criminals that are dangerous. And uh, case in point, look at what we have just seen in the last few days. And what scares me are these gotaways that we have zero track of. And there's over a million of them just last year alone. Really scary stuff. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A powerful story coming from Cocoa Beach, Florida, where an off-duty Massachusetts police officer is being credited with saving a man's life while he just happened to be vacationing at the time. Now, just last week, Barnstable, Massachusetts Police Sergeant Christopher Ross was on vacation with his family in Florida at a portion of Cocoa Beach that did not have active lifeguards at the time. He was walking the beach looking for seashells with his two youngest kids when he heard a man yelling for approximate from approximately 20 feet off the shore. The man was stuck in the rip current and close to drowning. Sergeant Ross asked his wife to grab their kids' swim floaties, and then he quickly strapped them around his waist. Without hesitation, he immediately swam out to the man that was drowning and was able to pull him to safety and bring him back to shore. Now, the man was transported to the hospital, and he was expected to be okay. The victim's wife and two children were at the beach looking on as this act of heroism was happening. Uh, The Barnstable police said that they are very proud of Sergeant Christopher Ross, whether he is on duty or on vacation. He puts the lives of citizens and his training into action. What a powerful and great, great story. And bravo to Sergeant Ross and, of course, everybody there at the Barnstable Police Department. Good training. And how amazing that he happened to be there at the right place at the right time there in Florida. Well, thank goodness, if you're just joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show, the big breaking news is that this monster, because I don't even want to call him a human, 
uh, this guy who was accused of killing five of his neighbors with an AR-15 rifle when he opened fire on his neighbors just a few days ago, killing five of them. Well, Francisco Oripesa, 38 years old, who has a criminal rap sheet even in the United States, and I'm sure well beyond, and he was deported multiple times. Well, it appears that he is now in custody. That is the word coming from Texas officials who say that they got a tip, and within a little over an hour, thank goodness, they acted on the tip immediately. He was basically on the FBI's most wanted list uh, for this horrible, heinous crime. They were worried that he also might flee the country again, so they didn't know what uh, if he was in you know Texas or where he was in the States or if he was overseas. And uh, eventually they found him not too far, actually, from the shooting, again, caught in a closet hiding under laundry. So... My question to you guys is, what do you think the appropriate punishment should be? And also, what do you think, most importantly, is going on with our borders? The fact that this is a wide open border and that this guy was, even though he was stopped, that's the sad thing. This guy was stopped, deported, and still allowed back in. And then even had a criminal record and was allowed back in. I mean, what the heck is going on? And we were just talking, the last caller had mentioned the fact that President Trump took so much heat when he said they're not sending their best from Mexico and elsewhere. They're sending criminals. They're sending this. Uh, And he wasn't saying everybody is, but they were saying, oh, he's racist for saying that. Well, look, this guy clearly is a criminal and never should have been allowed in the United States. And yet, sadly, there are probably so many more like him that are in this country that have slipped through the cracks because of our wide open border. And this is a stunner, guys. In the last few days, I couldn't believe this. Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's, of course, the White House press secretary. She came out and she had the audacity to make this comment about the number of migrants that are crossing the border. This is a flat out fabrication lie. This is the biggest bunch of hogwash that I've ever heard. They first have come out and said, oh, well, the GOP, well, they're into defunding police. No, they're actually not. That That's not correct. And then she said this about the number of migrants crossing America's border, which is just flat out untrue. Take a listen. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way. Uh, and in a in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border, and that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has it has um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than ninety percent, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. So the number of migrants coming in has been reduced by ninety percent. That is absolutely abominable. And that is a lie. That is such a flat-out lie. The numbers tell a very different story. Here is Kaylee McInerney earlier today on Fox. Take a listen. We have the data. She knows the data. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call my orcas. But as Griff Jenkins laid it out, it's very clear. Fiscal year 2022, 1.3 million illegal crossings. Fiscal year 2023, so far, 1.4 million illegal crossing. So that's an increase of 136,000 and some change at a time when we are already at historic records for illegal border crossing. So she knows this. But my question is, where are the fact checkers? 
Yeah, where are the fact checkers? And here's a little bit more of what she thinks of Corinne Jean-Pierre's statement that the White House claims they've brought down the number of migrants to 90 percent reduction. That is they, they have increased it 900 percent. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, Chuck Ross from the Washington Free Beacon calls this perhaps the biggest lie from the White House podium thus far. And I, I have to agree. Yeah, this is shameful. It is a lie and it is shameful. And in the next hour, we're also going to talk about the fact that they want to bring in 1,500 troops now, National Guard. They want to bring them active duty down to the border to basically oversee administrative and processing, not security, not stopping people, turning them around, but to process them through quicker, which is just uh, a drop in the bucket in terms of numbers added there at the border. And what a bunch of hypocrites, because when President Trump said he was going to do it, they're like, oh, no, you're militarizing the border. And even now, they still will not use them actually for security. They're using them to get the migrants in quicker and get them processed quicker. I mean, does that sound like a sense of security? Does that make you sleep well at night? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil, line five. Phil, your thoughts about this case. Thank goodness this guy is busted tonight. Uh, but what a pathetic case that he was even in the country to begin with. Good evening, Rita. It's a pleasure as usual. And uh, I've got two points. The first point is about two or three months ago, I was on your show and I I emphasized that this whole migrant thing is a Trojan horse. Hey, Phil, you sound a little muffled. Or can you get a little closer? You sound a little muffled. All right. How about now? Yeah, that's better. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, I, I called your show about three or four months ago, and I explained my, my idea that this is a Trojan horse. This whole, you know, hapless, helpless migrant situation, these poor people, this is a front. Within them, every every four or 500 people, you've got a terrorist. You basically have someone who's going to commit a violent act of terror. And and if you weigh this out over the number of immigrants that came here, you got an army, potentially, of 2,000 people. And 2,000 people who are in the communist way of, of being financed to get here, and the cartels behind them, God knows what they're going to do. They could probably they could probably take down major cities. The, the second thing is, <coughs> excuse me, the second thing is, how in God's name did this guy get an AR-15? I'd like to know precisely what he did. I have two points on that, very simply. Yeah, how do, you, one, how do you think he did? How do you think? That's a great question, very Phil. Very simple. It's, it's very simple. He either stole one yep. or 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 he used some kind of fake ID or, or some, sort of, some sort of thing to get it. The thing is, you, you go to a gun store and you want to buy you want to buy a 22 bolt axe, which is the most simplest, commonly available gun, the most harmless gun. You've got to go to a background check. You've got to wait three days. The point is, how did he get it? The point is, he had one. How many other illegals are going to do the same thing he did? And why an AR-15, an or, uh, semi-auto weapon? Why? That's my that's my idea on this whole thing. Yeah, no, that is, by the way, Phil, those are some really powerful points. And you're right. How did he get it? Because he clearly had to do it, uh, you know, on the slide and obviously illegally because he's illegal. And he also has a criminal record. So there should have been a million reasons um, you know, as to why there would have been a flag if he had done it at a store or somewhere appropriately. That's one. Um, the other thing 
you bring up another great point is like, why are all these people like coming through? It is so obvious what's happening, sadly, at our border. And, you know, I rarely use this term, but I but I use it when it comes to the border. And I think you feel the same way, too, Phil. It is downright derelict. It is derelict in the president's duty. The president's first duty is to protect America and protect the homeland. And to me, this is such a blatant disregard. Uh, It is derelict of him. And I think it's derelict of Alejandro Mayorkas, who every day sits there with a smile on his face in front of Congress and says, oh, it's it's not open. What are you talking about? And then he gets mad if he gets asked a tough question. You know, it, it is it's an insult to the American public that he's like offended by a tough question when we're dealing with tough crises because of their open border. And so there are just so many issues surrounding this that I just think are shameful. And you have to wonder, right, they're allowing all these people to come in. And whether it's for some uh, plan that they have in terms of, uh, you know, a revolt, as you're suggesting, or if it's for simple that they want to have, you know, they figure, okay, well, uh, as you bring up, maybe the other four or 500 are still decent people and one bad apple. And if they're willing to have the one bad apple slip through, at the expense of maybe getting four or 500 potential voters who they think will probably vote for them eventually. I mean, there's no other reason. Why else would you do this? Would you put your country in such, you know, jeopardy, security jeopardy? I mean, there's just no other explanation. It is shocking. And, and it is abominable that this continues day after day after day. And by the way, it is sadly going to get a lot worse because Title 42, which is going to get lifted on May 11th, that is right around the corner. That's next week. And they say, quote, a tsunami of migrants is going to come through. What, we're not seeing a tsunami now? We're seeing like, you know, we're seeing a huge tidal wave uh, coming through already. So I can't imagine it being worse. It's just this is it is downright scary. And again, I think it's downright derelict. Phil, thank you very much. Your perspectives are really, really important. Um, let's go to let's go to Michael. Uh, line one, Michael, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, I have two points, uh, one moral and the other theological. Uh, the moral point is that we make a mistake. We think that the one who is evil is the perpetrator. But in truth, it's anybody who contributes or assists the perpetrator to do his deed is evil. That's the first point. Therefore, the conclusion is that the administration and Biden are evil because there's so many people that are suffering. You don't have to die. Even if you suffer, that is an evil. And who knows how many people are suffering because of their, as you put it, their tremendous abandonment. The second point is theological. People don't understand what justice is. And the justice in terms of what God does is that anybody who contributes to evil, even if he's a long chain away from the actual perpetrator, as long as he's causally linked to the evil deed, no matter how far away, he will be judged and punished. Biden has no concept of what he faces after he's gone, because he has committed evil in a way that we cannot even comprehend. That's how many, and the evil is not only for people who are murdered, like unfortunately these people, but anybody who has suffered, even one iota, if a person is part of the causal link of that suffering, then he will be severely punished. 
Well, and and by and by the way, you know, you know, it's interesting, Michael. You bring up um, also these children because you know they're innocent victims. These kids who are being brought across the border, and I'm sure in many cases, not in all, sadly, but in many cases, the family members are doing it. You know, to bring the kid over by himself, often he or she. Um, you know, to get a better life, to have an opportunity. I'm sure, you know, I, I you know, it's it's obviously uh, a gut-wrenching decision. Some of them, are, I think, are selling their children. I mean, they're horrible stories of things that happen out there. Um, but there are a lot of parents who feel like they're giving them this opportunity. And then these kids, 85,000 kids are missing right now. And and you brought up the that, uh, think about what's happening to them. Uh, if they're working under, you know, horrendous conditions, being human trafficked, sex trafficked. I mean, there's so many horrible things that are happening with the drug trade and all these cartels um, and human traffickers, which are usually one of the same as the drug dealers. It's just it is really scary what's going on and the fact that they are suffering um, in the middle of all this. You know, I mean, and the fact that even in this case, the, these family think about it. Here's this family living next door to this guy. Um, and think of all the hassle that's happening at our border constantly in Texas. It's no surprise this happened in Texas. Um, already three Texas towns have declared an emergency because they're preparing for what's going to happen when Title 42 is lifted next week. So it's like there are so many residual effects of good, innocent people who are caught in this web on so many different levels that are suffering, as you so eloquently said, and, and it's, it is so tragic and heartbreaking to hear in every shape or form. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Your reaction to this guy who has now finally been taken into custody. He was one of the most wanted fugitives in America. This is the guy who shot his neighbors, killed five of them, and he was an illegal with a criminal rap sheet. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When we come back, we are going to talk about the fact that the Biden administration is finally sending some U.S. troops to the border, preparing for what they say will be an onslaught after Title 42 is lifted, as if the situation isn't bad enough. And yet we're finding out what are these troops going to be doing? They are going to be processing and basically transporting migrants, not back across the border, but instead throughout the United States and elsewhere, I bet giving them cell phones, doing all the other things, they're basically babysitting, which is the last thing our U.S. troops want to be doing and the last thing we need right now. They're not sending them back. And that's why there are just so many problems with this administration. And we're also going to talk about two different cases of citizens basically taking the law into their own hands, both of them being in a situation, one in New York, one in Florida, where a criminal uh, got out of hand. In one case, was an unhinged guy on a subway, and another one, it was a robber. And in both cases, the citizens said, you know what, just like uh, Charles Bronson, 
and uh, was it Death Wish, you know, going in and saying, we're taking it into our own hands. And in both cases, they were quite successful. Um, we're going to talk about that and also some of the repercussions on both cases, too. Um, but scary situations and just how sad uh, crime is right now all over America that people are feeling like they have to step in because it's so pervasive and people are so ruthless that they have to stop. There are so many of these unhinged people, whether they're robbing a store or doing something on a subway. And we're going to talk about your response to how they handle both of these cases. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Rita, um, I just wanted to add something to what your caller, Mike, said and also what you accurately pointed out. Coincidentally or not, I happen, I watch the, um, there's a Catholic channel that I watch quite often, and I happen to be watching an old episode of an interview that this woman did uh, with a priest from one of the African countries who did his entire dissertation on human trafficking. And as horrendous as those reasons are that both you and Mike pointed out, there are far worse reasons that they are trafficked for. Um, organ harvesting, and that could account for some of those missing children, those 85,000 missing children. Not only that, it, it, it made me want to vomit when I heard this. They also use these children, whether their parents are selling them or whether they're being kidnapped by these cartels anywhere in the country, uh, in, throughout the world. Um, the children, the little girls, are also impregnated so that their babies can then be sold for adoption and also for the baby's organs to be harvested. Uh, so it's, it, it's just mind-boggling. And it, it, this, this administration just has not a soul at all, not at all. It's just complete evil incarnate. It is. You know? and by the way, Jacqueline, I, I, it reminded me, I, I've shared this story before, but it reminded me, I, I went to school in Seville, Spain, Years ago, and I'll never forget, I would see these beggars out there and they would have a, a child with them. And often the child wasn't crying. And I, you know, when you have a baby, obviously it, it, it's compassionate. You want to help and you want to give that person who's asking for money or food or whatever. Come to find out, um, there was sort of this whole network. And you know that sadly it's going on here in the United States too, yeah. where, yeah. where they were selling their child or renting a child. Uh, that you can imagine you drug a child so they don't cry, so the beggar yeah. doesn't have to deal with the uh, crying baby all day long. It's not even their baby. Um, and they just basically rent or are given this child to use as a prop, if you will. Imagine what that does to the baby. I, I not mean, a, oh. not, not only that, but what I also learned is in all of these poverty-stricken countries, I mean, you can't blame these people for wanting to come here. Right. They are not taught that they have human dignity. So they 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 need to value themselves, and that's not happening in their countries. No, you're right. You're right. And 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 listen, I like as you just said, they come here hoping for opportunity and freedom, and you know they see all the things on TV and what they're told, and sadly, sometimes it's heartbreaking what happens. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know your name is Rita. Cause your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down the 
Well, the Biden administration finally admitting that at least they expect a massive increase of migrants coming to the border when Title 42, which is that health provision, which should be kicking them out of the country, which should have been in place, by the way, uh, for a long time, especially with COVID and all that stuff. And now we are finding out that it is set to be lifted May 11th next week. And the Biden administration, as if they've ever been adhering to it based on the numbers that we have seen of migrants crossing this country. Well, now they are saying that, guess what? Now the border will become more accessible to migrants as if that is the solution at this terrible, terrible time where so many people are already crossing the border. Again, word tonight that this man who killed five of his neighbors in Texas, well, he, thank goodness, has been apprehended by the FBI, caught in a closet hiding under laundry. Thank goodness he is caught, but he was supposed to be deported multiple times and had a rap sheet in America, and I'm sure probably in his home country as well. And so today, when I first heard that the Biden administration, guys, was going to send troops to the border, all I could remember at first was the irony of Kamala Harris saying this. Listen to what she thinks. This is what she said in 2018 of anybody sending troops to the border when President Trump was sending troops and wanted even more troops to come to the border. She blasted him. Take a listen. I thank the men and women who serve our military and serve in the United States. I also believe that the administration made a decision to deploy them based on a political agenda. And um, I believe that it is inappropriate to require the limited resources of the United States military to be used in such a way um, when the when it was, you know, when and these these folks who are being deployed there, they're going to leave. Their, they've left their families. They will not be home. Looks like for Thanksgiving, and all because there needed to be some demonstration for the TV cameras based on a political agenda instead of what is a national security threat. So here it is, and now the situation is so much worse at the border with migrants, with illegal drugs, on every shape or form. And now the Biden administration has said they're going to send troops at the border. Uh, But don't think that they've had some epiphany because that clearly has not happened. They are sending 1,500 active duty troops to our southern border amid what they say will be a migration spike after Title 42 is set to expire next week. But these troops are only going to be there for 90 days. And also they will basically... Their duties, get this, not removing people from the border like this bad guy that killed the family in Texas, again, who's been apprehended in the last few hours, not those kind of people. Basically, what they're going to be doing is processing migrants, playing a supportive role, get this, assisting in transportation, administrative duties, data entry, and warehouse support. That's really where we need their help right now in warehouse support and transportation, 
Not transportation to send them the back to their countries. No, no, no. Transportation to put them in with charities and other locations so they can move quicker into the United States. This, to me, is pathetic. Listen to what George P. Bush, he's the former Texas land commissioner, this is what he had to say about the number, just on the face of it, of 1,500 troops coming in at a time of crisis right now. 1,500 soldiers is... Is, is not enough. The fact is 90,000 migrants have been apprehended just in the last several weeks. And the wow. anticipation is that figure will continue to exponentially increase. 90,000 in the last few weeks alone. That is a stunning and voluminous number. And again, Mark Morgan, who was the former acting Customs and Border Commissioner, he was saying that on a typical day, They might have, at one point years ago, they would only have like 1,000. Since under Biden, it's been like 5,000 plus a day. And now they're expecting with this Title 42 anywhere from 10 to 12,000 a day. And that means the border will be overrun and these border officials, all the agents that are there, will be outmanned. And these states are just in crises. You know, Florida's got so many of them. Of course, Texas. Of course, Arizona. And in fact, three cities in Texas have preemptively uh, declared a state of emergency because they're expecting it to be deplorable next week. In El Paso, they have no room right now for regular residents. That's because the homeless shelters, they have no room. They're all migrants. And in other locations, they can't even get health care for their regular citizens because they're treating migrants there. And they're treating them at taxpayer dollars. So these hospitals are barely staying afloat and they have no room for American citizens. That's what's happening. And yet through this all, New York Mayor Eric Adams has been complaining, basically saying, you know what, Uh, he sees a common thread to what's happening with the migrants that are being bused to New York and bust to Chicago and bust to other cities across this country, cities that are sanctuary cities. Remember, they put out the, the, the neon sign saying, we will take you, we'll do whatever, we'll house you, we'll feed you. It's costing New York City $5 million a day. Chicago did the same thing. Houston, you name it. All of these sort of, quote, liberal-run sanctuary cities. And now, in the last 24 hours, Listen to what Eric Adams has to say, where he's pointing the finger. I've sent uh, asylum seekers to New York, black mayor, to Washington, black mayor, to Houston, black mayor, uh, to Los Angeles, black mayor, uh, to Denver, black mayor. He passed over thousands of cities to land here. I cannot ignore the fact that Governor Abbott sent migrants only to cities where they're black mayors. And is undermining our cities. I mean, so what is he saying about that, guys? Well, this is what George P. Bush had to say to Eric Adams and these other sanctuary city mayors who were saying, come on in, come on in. And now they are filling up and not getting any money from the federal government. And local taxpayers are footing the bill in each of these cities as if it is not bad enough with crime and other things. Now they have to pay basically the $5 million a day for these migrants that they never wanted to come into the city to begin with. Take a listen. 
Mayor Adams should be ashamed of himself. Race baiting has no place in American leadership. Uh, a true leader would step forward and actually go to his own political party, go to his own president and say, we need federal assistance. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Adams has been, to his credit, he has been asking the federal government for funds and they're not giving it. And yet he is saying right now, please stop sending them to us and wondering why they are coming to New York. As is Lori Lightfoot saying, "Uh oh, it's racist that you're sending them to Chicago. Uh, No, guess what? You put out a neon sign saying, we'll take them. So you wonder why they're sending them? And why should Texas be the only state in this country that has to suffer the pain, sadly, of what Biden's open border policies are creating? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve on line four. Steve, your thoughts. Good morning. Good, good, Good evening, Rita. Good evening. What are your thoughts, Steve? Rita, Adam is is a clown. He he was the one with open arms and invited all these people to come here, and now he's complaining? Too bad. Uh, He's a failure. That's the bottom line. He's no good. He's got to go. All right, Steve. Well, thank you very much for your uh, passionate opinion, and uh, good evening, and soon it will be good morning. But it's great to talk with you. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's go to Carl. Carl, your thoughts. Hey, Carl, you there? Yes, Rita. Listen, Rita, um, we're moving into a dark age. Yeah, we okay? sure are. After the, de- the the Black Death in Europe, we they moved into a dark age. We need a renaissance. But uh, what I'm trying to tell you that that this is, uh, you know, FEMA should be employed uh, uh, right away. And the National Guards in all the major cities they only uh, uh, they're only uh, deployed when there is a national emergency or martial law. Um, um, I, I believe that we're we're heading towards a, a another civil war in this country because the people, the taxpayers, cannot survive. We must do something right away. We have to send all these people back. And I want to know what is the United Nations doing about this situation where these countries are just letting their people leave their country and go over the border wherever they're coming from. Well, you know, you bring up a great point. You're right. But, you know, the problem is, Carl, and I know you know this, is that the U.N. is basically saying, come on in. That's what America's all about. Uh, I mean, the U.N., probably thinks it's a great idea. They have the same philosophy as Joe Biden. I mean, they really do. So that's the problem. Although, you know, name me another country that would basically say, everybody, come on in. We're not going to vet you. We're not going to test you. Uh, Even countries that have, quote, liberal leaders in them. And I'm trying to I I actually right now cannot think of one uh, that is doing what we are doing on our southern border by allowing so many to cross our border unvetted. Uh, for criminal records, unvetted for health records. I can't think of a single, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking of socialist countries. I, I can't even think of one right now. And that is because we are the only country that seems to have this like green light. Uh, and it is under this president. And, and the issue is too, Carl, it is not only, it's not, not even necessarily like a Democrat Republican. I mean, yes, it's clearly Democratic leadership, but I'm thinking about even Obama sent some people back. He was certainly uh, more open about bringing people here, clearly, uh, than like a Trump, for sure. 
But even Obama recognized there needed to be some security. So did Clinton. Uh, it is this president and whoever is sort of pulling the strings behind the scenes. Because this guy seems to just be turning a blind eye, taking a nap. And meantime, all these people are just rushing across the border. And it, it is downright dangerous. And, and just like you said, um, we're at a breaking point where uh, I don't know how many more, first of all, in cities like in New York City, for example, uh, there will soon be a point in New York City um, in a few months where there will be more migrants in homeless shelters than American citizens. And that's happening already in El Paso. It's happening in a lot of cities already. And that is a travesty that there's barely room for American citizens right now. There isn't. And we're going to replace them with migrants who are coming here illegally and many of them, who knows even what their criminal records are? Uh, how is that American? It's not. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. Line four. David, your thoughts. Well, you know, Biden's sending 1,500 troops down to the border for the big day. The people think, oh, to turn the illegal immigrants away. No, it's to help escort them safely over the border. <laughs> like when you go to a rock concert and they have security to make sure everybody makes it in safely. Yeah, right? you, you're, you hit it exactly on the head. They're they're basically, uh, you know, chauffeurs and babysitters. I mean, it's an insult to the, the fine men and women in the military. This is not what they signed up for. And two, um, just like you said, it's to speed them up, not to send them back. It's to speed them up to get more in. I, I mean, how, how does that make any sense, David? It's like an escort. But meanwhile, sad to say, and I don't care how this sounds, We're going through the downgrading of America because these are not doctors, lawyers, accountants and nurses coming over the border. It's the lowest of the low criminals and low skilled people don't speak English. We're going to be in the school systems with kids. We're going to have to stop to teach everybody English. You know, I live out here in L.A. We've already been through this and it's going to be waves of homelessness. And like you said, pushing veterans and Americans out of the way. It's disgusting and despicable. And we can't do any type of revolting. And there's, there's just going to be a downgrading of America. And it's going to be nothing like we've ever seen before. It's sickening. Well, and you know, David, um, what is heartbreaking is that we're not keeping track of these individuals that are coming through because you know, some who have criminal records like this guy who was busted tonight, thank goodness. But there's no way in heck that this guy doesn't have, I'm sure, a lengthy rap sheet in his country. And he came back and forth, deported, came back, came back. It's like the revolving door uh, came back, clearly didn't take uh, deportation seriously because they just let him right back in every single time. And you're going to get you know, even if there are good folks that are coming through with good intentions, uh, you're going to get some bad folks, too. And that is too risky at a time right now where there are so many sensitivities going on in the world. I mean, I think, David, right now, one of the scariest things is that on the border, uh, Mark Morgan, again, uh, the head of Customs and Border Protection under Trump, was saying the latest numbers right now, the biggest increase they're seeing percentage wise Is Chinese nationals. What are they doing at a time where they're also spying and they're the biggest percentage of those that are coming across the border? Those that are coming across the border from 160 countries, uh, Pakistan, India, Russia, Ukraine, China, um, North Korea. Uh, I mean, you know, do do I need to kind of go, huh, maybe there's something wrong here? You know what? And, And sadly, it only takes a few bad ones 
uh, to do something really dangerous to this country. And if you don't keep track of them, you don't know where they are. You don't even have a record of them. Um, I, I mean, and no wonder they get away with what they are consistently doing. And they are laughing at America, saying it's a free-for-all and saying, it, hey, buddies, you know, keep coming up. Hey, guess what? I got in. And even if you get kicked out, don't worry, you can come back in again. Uh, and what does Biden do, to your point? He sends guards in to basically process more. Uh, it is just it is an unbelievable travesty. And I hope Americans think about that when they go to the voting booth next go round. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And Biden finally says he's going to send troops to the border, uh, but they're basically going to be drivers and babysitters, and they're actually going to be helping people to get processed quicker because he knows when Title 42 is lifted soon, there will be a deluge of migrants that are going to be crossing the border in all different points of the border. And this is what Congressman Daryl Issa, Republican of California, had to say when he heard the news about what the troops will actually be doing. It's very clear that those troops are used, they're gonna be used to help facilitate truckloads of people being bussed into the country. They're not gonna be used to secure our border. That's very clear. This administration has basically turned our border patrol into an Uber service. Turned our border patrol into an Uber service. What an insult. You know, you go to the military to protect the homeland. They say, okay, finally you're going to the border. Thank God. Thank God we can start sending people back. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to be taking them over here to get free cell phones. You're going to be taking them over here to go do this, to go get food, to go. Uh, what an insult. one 800 Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. How are you, Pete? Hi, Rita. Doing fine. This thing with the border is getting... Outrageous. I mean, we can't even take care of our veterans and what we should be doing. We owe them a debt of gratitude. And, and you know, look, I, I don't want to be prejudiced, but I can't say it any other way. We're not taking care of the people who served our country. We're taking care of people that don't really belong here. They got to go through the channels like my dad and your dad did and go to Ellis Island and everything. My father had to learn English to, to this. Well, we passed away a long time ago, but he didn't say the word eyeglasses. He said, get the glass. And we were like, what are you doing? The glass. What are you going to do with the glass? You're going to have a glass of wine? You know, he had to learn English. So he wasn't accepted. By the I, way, I by the way, it. and you know the story, too. My dad was rescued by American troops. And the only words my father could say were, thank you. That was literally the only words that he knew. In English, went, but he knew when he saw American troops and he couldn't wait to learn English. And my mother, you know, my mother spoke a little bit of English too. My mother's Danish. So, I mean, you're right. They did it the right way. And it took my parents, um, it took my parents five years to become American citizens. They changed their name. Uh, my dad was Kozabutsky. Thank goodness I'm not Rita Kozabutsky because that's a long name. So my dad changed uh-huh. his name to Cosby. Thank God, Pete. Right. I you know. So at least it's easier to say and spell. Um, but still uh, very proud of my Polish heritage. Very, very much in my Danish heritage and this country. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a very powerful story coming from Cheektowaga, New York. By the way, a big, big Polish community. I have marched in the Polish parade. I was the grand marshal of the parade in Cheektowaga, New York. Uh, and they recognized a living legend who passed through the Buffalo-Niagara International Airport uh, just a few days ago, uh, Leonard S. Gage. Now, he is a U.S. Army veteran and is one of just 150 thousand World War II veterans who are still alive today. And his story is quite amazing. The 98-year-old, better known as Airborne Lenny, first joined the U.S. Army in 1943 when he was just 18 years old. He made sacrifices that go far beyond what most of us can fathom in World War II. He was a member of the 82nd Airborne Division, and he jumped behind enemy lines with the 82nd. He was injured when he landed. He was captured by the Germans three days later. He spent 11 long months in various German POW camps before he was finally liberated when the war ended. Now, Gage survived the unthinkable, but he also kept a series of journals documenting it all. He said, the Germans took everything away from you. You have literally nothing except the clothes on your back. And I kept a journal and I would keep it underneath a straw mattress in the POW camp. And in that journal, uh, it is so sacred where he described what he went through. Well, the Gary Sinise Foundation Soaring Valor Program invited Gage and his family to New Orleans, where Gage honored, was honored, and he donated all of his journals and artifacts to the World War II Museum there. Upon his return back to Buffalo, the Patriot Guard writers welcomed and honored him in a really special way, saying, today we have a local hero coming back to New Orleans. And they also presented him with a plaque saying, uh, on behalf of a grateful America and the Patriot Guard riders for bravery and proudly carrying the burden of defending this country for service to the nation and the sacrifices made, we sincerely thank you, Airborne Lenny. And he, of course, said he was so moved. He was moved to tears, saying he is overwhelmed. It brings me just so emotional, makes me feel so deeply emotional at this moment. I mean, I don't cry much, but seeing all of this and the honor guard, these guys are terrific, and it brings me to tears. What a beautiful story, and how amazing that he was able to document what he went through during that extraordinarily difficult and horrific time fighting for our country. Well, we are talking, of course, of what's going on at the border, the U.S. southern border, and the fact that now Biden has had some epiphany to send troops, but it is all a ruse because they are basically going to be in charge of transport and basically babysitting to process these people through our country that much quicker. It is, I think, it's such an insult, and it really scares me what's going to happen to our country when Title 42 gets lifted. We've seen these images of what we saw already in the last few weeks and months of these scenes where they actually like go to one particular checkpoint and they basically get overrun. 
And what happens is then the cartels are working at another different location where they see, okay, well, God, all the border agents are dealing with this crowd of thousands over here. So then we're going to slip in through the back door over here and a part where nobody is watching. And sadly, what everybody says is going to happen is they're going to be coming from all different directions. It is going to be so overrun and so chaotic. And you know it's bad if the Biden administration is finally conceding that they need to send some troops in, even though, again, it's basically for processing them to get them in sooner. I think it is such a slap in the face and such an abomination of what they have done to this country. And think of the repercussions. Who knows who is in this country? Who knows where they will end up and what they're planning? We know that people that are on the terrorist watch list, of course, it's only a few, uh, but it only takes a few. And we know that there's been at least dozens of them that have come through the border in the last year alone. That is a stunning, stunning admission. And the sad thing is those are the only ones we know about. Can you imagine the ones that we don't know about? There's over a million individuals who we have zero clue. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jim, line one. Jim, your thoughts about all this. Rita? Yep. Hey, Jim, you're here. Go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yep. You sound great. Go ahead. All right. I have the solution to all these problems. Okay? And if you could bring back any of the founders of this nation, they're going to tell you the same exact thing that I'm going to tell you and all your listeners. I think most people are going to agree with this. This creature in the White House needs to be impeached. There is no other leader of a nation that deserves to be impeached from around the world, not just this country, than this creature. Do you agree? Now, I don't care if we don't have the votes. We have to go through the process of trying to impeach this creature. Look what he's done this country what does he have to do he couldn't possibly do anything worse than what he's done already yeah and you know what not, I, I don't you know want to lose my patience here i don't want to lose my patience no but you know what jim so i hear obvious. you i do it's so obvious he has to go it is shocking all the talk all this talk all this commentary what, what where is it getting us yeah we all want to see action about him. And, you know the thing what? is jim hold on you know the thing that you bring up obviously in practice Impeaching is not going to happen with a Senate that right now is, of course, controlled by the Democrats because the, you know, the House can, quote, impeach. It's the Senate that removes. So, yes, he could technically get impeached. But in terms of anything that would actually happen in terms of an option, um, you're not going to get the votes, obviously, among the Democrats. They seem to be in denial, even though there's a few that can see how bad it is. Um, but maybe even going through the exercise. I mean, you think about what they were doing with President Trump saying it was that phone call, the thing. Like, think about what's happening at the border in relation to what they claim was a phone call that President Trump contends still was a perfect call. Uh, but it was a phone call, and that was enough that they brought impeachment proceedings. And now we look at what's happening in the border. It is abominable, and there does need to be some action. The sad thing is that's happening, Jim is that this could be reversed in a heartbeat. I mean, the Biden administration, if Joe Biden woke up tomorrow out of his, you know, mental coma, he could say, oh, you know what? This isn't really smart. Maybe I need to do something. And he could actually do something and fix it. And he could right away tell those 1,500 troops, for starters, you're going to start kicking them out. 
Uh, I would that even would be refreshing. But the sad thing is, uh, they are not doing it. And I I am astounded that there are not more Americans who are protesting, quite frankly, and speaking out um, and angry about this. And and even you know Republicans obviously are outraged and furious. But maybe after what we see is going to happen, probably after Title Forty Two, sadly. In the near future, it may ultimately end up in at least impeachment proceedings in the House, even if it's just, uh, you know, political to the point that it will not actually be carried out in the Senate. But maybe that alone would speak volumes because it, it is the the first responsibility of a president is to protect our borders, the sovereignty of this nation. And how can you say that that is happening with what is happening at our southern border? Jim, thank you. I feel your anger. I, I am so angry, too, as well, and I understand that. Let's go to Tony, line five. Tone, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Thanks so much for taking my call. I just wanted to make one point. Our natural resources are not designed to uh, to accommodate uh, these uh, this many people coming over the border. We are, we are at dangerously low levels right now in our reservoirs. And I mean, we can't even feed our crops the water that they need to uh, to you know to bring food to the to the population that we already have. Once this uh, you know, once we we start getting overwhelmed by these people, we're gonna uh, water levels are gonna drop very quickly. Food is gonna become scarce, and that's uh, what's gonna happen. Is uh, talk about civil war, food. When people have to start thinking about feeding their families, it's, it's going to break down society so bad that people are going to be stealing from each other. They're going to be fighting from each other. And, and just one example, we use uh, one person uses 80 to 90 gallons of water per day, one person. Uh, and that it, times a million, times 10 million, times 20 million Let's see what happens to these reservoirs where we can't even get enough water to, to, to drink and feed our families. Well, and you know what? I, you know, even in New York uh, and in other places, I mean, money's running short. I mean, um, we're already at the point where in the brinks and the place where, you know, in a homeless shelter, we can't house American citizens, um, at least in many of the Texas ones so far. And it's ultimately going to happen in New York. It's going to happen in Chicago. It's going to happen in a lot of places. I mean, it's already heading in that direction. And so to me, uh, there is something wrong that we have, you know, that we have homeless veterans on the streets and we have other individuals that are American citizens um, that deserve our help. And they're not getting it uh, because there's no space at the end and because the money is going there. And then yet you go to the grocery store and it's costing an arm and a leg uh, when you go to the grocery store just for getting basic groceries. We all see it. Uh, I mean, there's something wrong, and they're looking at raising interest rates again this week. So if you got a mortgage, uh, buckle up again. Uh, you know, it, it, there's something really crazy and chaotic with this entire system, um, and, and we're seeing it on so many levels, and, and there has to be something that gets rectified. And we got it. Whoever comes in next to our country needs to be a law and order leader, law and order and somebody who understands and appreciates Americans, has sympathy for those in need. Uh, I'm not saying no sympathy, but has sympathy for Americans. And by the way, things are getting so bad, by the way. I want to talk about also on the crime front a little bit tonight about just a couple stories that I'm seeing. One of them, of course, is this case in New York. Um, Crime is so bad. We talked about the revolving door at the border. Well, the revolving door also in the criminal justice system. 
And there was a case that took place just a few days ago here at the border. Basically, it was on uh, on the subway, uh, 2.30 in the afternoon, on a busy train, the F train in New York, uh, on Monday. And what happened was this crazy guy gets on. He starts acting erratically, threatening passengers, throws his clothes down, shouting, making, you know, horrible, horrible threats. Um, and this happens all the time, sadly, on the subway. Uh, listen to what this rider just basically has to say about how bad things are on the New York subway and in many streets across New York and many major cities. Not safe at all. I mean, unfortunately, like, we're not allowed to carry things, but I wish we were able to, like, do pepper spray or something. And so on this particular case, this guy goes crazy and starts shouting and scaring people and threatening people. Turns out there is a Marine who also happens to be on that same subway train and he takes them down and he puts them into a chokehold. The video just came out and you see it. He's like holding him down. Other guys are trying to pin him down because they're just trying to like keep this guy contained from not doing something crazy and harming other people. And so the Marine puts him in a chokehold, put, you know, and the guy ultimately dies, they believe, because he lost consciousness after being put in a chokehold. Now, the guy had a history of mental issues, and he also had a criminal record. Take a listen to what the NYPD chief had to say about the background of this guy. This particular individual who passed, 30 years old, had 44 prior arrests and was on the subway recidivist list. Okay, so 44 prior arrests, he's making threats, he's doing all these horrible things. This guy uh, comes in, and he's a good Samaritan, tries to take the guy down. He's got training, he's a Marine, you can see he knows what he's doing. You even see it in the video, he's clearly holding him in this chokehold, and the guy is still flailing. He's probably on drugs or who knows whatever else. Again, he has had 44 prior arrests, and this guy dies ultimately, loses consciousness, and after being put in the chokehold. So they take the Marine into custody at first. Think about that. They put the guy into custody, the good guy who was trying to hold him. And then ultimately they made the conclusion that he did the right thing by trying to protect others. But their first instinct was let's arrest him we're thinking maybe he's going to be like a Jose Alba case and end up like the bodega guy, remember, who was defending himself. And he ended up in Rikers, remember, and it wasn't until the outcry that he finally got out. But is this a sign of the times of how bad things are that people are feeling that they just got to take actions into their own hands, that they have to do this? There was a case in Florida of a store clerk who a guy came in to rob them. The store clerk opened fire on the person, said, you know, you better not rob, come here, opens fire. So, and the guy ran off, police had to uh, track the guy down, finally ultimately got him. But is it a sign of frustration that people are so fed up and so frustrated with crime that they're feeling they have to take matters into their own hands? And what do you make of this guy, the Marine? Because there are some people out there who said, oh, well, maybe it wasn't right that he was holding the guy so tightly. What is he supposed to say? Uh, You know, I don't know if you have a weapon or what you're going to do to me. And you clearly have a mental history and you're making threats to everybody on the train. What should I wait until he opens fire? Um, I mean, I think if someone is making those scary, frightening threats, you got to at least take them down. Obviously, you don't want to kill them uh, intentionally, but you got to take them down and hold them down. And you can see the guy is still flailing. 
So is this guy a hero or did he go over the top? I say he obviously, and the cops obviously ultimately agreed, he was defending himself and defending people on the train. What are your thoughts about this? Here is what, again, the chief of detectives quickly had to say. Key here now is the Emmys report. How long was was the actual hold? Was the neck compression? That's going to be. Was he screaming, let me go, let me go? All these things will go into that determination. They're going to determine ultimately, but they did indeed release the Marine this morning. Your thoughts? Is he a hero? Is he an over-the-top vigilante? What about also the person who opened fire on the robber at his store in Florida? Are people fed up, and is this a sign of the times? And are people just feeling like they have no faith in the judicial system? 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. So I say this guy is a hero, but some people are saying the guy, the Marine veteran who took down uh, the crazy, crazy guy who was out of control and who was screaming on a northbound F train on Monday afternoon and threatening people. Uh, Some people said he was over the top and also jumping in and trying to take down somebody as this guy did. Thank goodness. Uh, and stop the guy who knows what he was going to do to the other people on the train who were just trying to take a peaceful train ride on a New York subway, which is difficult to do these days. Well, some people said it is dangerous and that people need to be careful before they leap into action. Take a listen. I mean, that's heroic, but that's really scary on the same part. Like, you cannot just jump in and be a Good Samaritan because Good Samaritans often wind up being hurt themselves. Yeah, and you do have to be trained, at least this guy, was a Marine and at least you could tell knew what he was doing. Uh, I think he had some training in Afghanistan or in Iraq that prepared him for the New York City subways, sadly, these days. But I say bravo because it is a scary situation. There's another case, again, also of a store clerk who shot a robbery suspect eight times, uh, putting an end to a wild police chase from Florida to Georgia. When the guy came in and was trying to rob the store at gunpoint, the clerk came out, and he was armed, and he would have none of it. Pulled out his own weapon, then the guy fired at him, and he shot him multiple times. Uh, So is he a hero in your mind? And clearly, the guy also there had a lengthy, lengthy rap sheet. The guy, again, in New York, had 44 prior arrests. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ben. Line four. Ben, your thoughts about this Marine? Yes, uh, Rita, as I was telling you, call screener, and he's so gracious in letting me come on. I get on just about 98.7% of the time. But I say, as a fellow Marine, simplify. I'm sorry that the guy lost his life, and that's really awful. But, you know, we need vigilant, vigil, vigilantes. Vigil- yeah, and you need, yeah. you need fighters. And by the way, um, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, not, I, and again, I agree with you, Ben, that I feel sad the guy lost his life, even if the guy obviously has a long rap sheet and everything else. Um, but despite that, 
Um, you know, I'm glad that this guy was skilled and knew what he was doing and took him out. There was a case not that long ago. It was in South Carolina where a guy walked in. I can't remember if it was like a Walmart or a Kmart or something like that. And the guy was screaming at everybody and flailing. Uh, and he had a knife and he was waving it around saying he was going to stab everybody in the store. And a guy took one of those dividers and picked up. He was a Marine, too. Those good Marines picked up, pick it up. Oh, he was an Army guy. Actually, that guy was an Army guy, I remember. Picked it up and like swung it at the guy's head and knocked him out. Um, so if you have good military training, uh, whatever branch you're in, I think, listen, have at it. If you can take somebody down who was planning to cause harm to others. Uh, real quick, let's go to Pete. I know he's a military guy. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Your thoughts, my friend, real quick. Yeah, we live by the sword, we die by the sword. And Semper Fi to the Marine, number number two. The other thing, Rita, is the only reason why they're sending 1,500 troops down there uh, to uh, the border is because they're trying to put a Band-Aid on a hemorrhage. This country is bleeding. Yeah, and, and you know what, Pete? How sad is that? And let's just pray. We have to pray for our country, and we got to pray, by the way, uh, for our military and all the border agents that are down there every single day working hard and trying to do what they can to protect our country. And and I agree with you guys. Semper Fi to the good Marine who tried to help the strap hangers. I'm glad he was released. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.